I am rolling. Let's do it <clears throat> in three, two. Gobble, gobble, turkey day edition of the underdogs. Hope everybody is ready to ingest a lot of food, but also ingest figuratively a lot of football. And we're trying to give you some insight, some analysis, and some underdog selections. And he is back. He's primed. I don't know if he's prepping any Thanksgiving food or not, or if he's just in the consumption business. He is Brian Edwards of MajorWager.com and BrianEdwardsSports.com doing a great job handicapping, and he is ready to go here with, uh, are these going to be like pecan pie, uh, pumpkin pie, apple pie, worthy underdogs here for dessert, good treats here? How you feeling? Uh, I'm going to call them cream corn and mashed potatoes and gravy. That's what you got to have on the plate, eh, to go along with the bird? I love it. There we go. we got to have uh, all this stuff. And I should make mention that Brian is rolling uh, right now, three for three a week ago with Illinois on the cover and a near shot at an upset last week uh, with Iowa. Arizona State, the outright win against Oregon, and then also the Jets, the outright win on the Raiders in that blowout. That is part of Mr. Edwards giving us not one, not two, but eight successful underdog picks, most of those in college football just in the month of November alone. I'm propping you up now. People ought to perk up right now and be listening on the radio here, uh, turning it up a little bit on their device, their handheld device, their iPad, etc., because you're looking good with the underdogs uh, so far. Uh, Just a quick comment. uh, Arizona State, with that win, did that croak the Pac-12, the Arizona State upset of Oregon. Did that croak the Pac-12 for the college football playoff? Or does does Utah still have an argument if they win here this weekend, win the Pac-12 title game, and have only the one loss? You know, it didn't help Utah, but, you know, I was going over the committee's criteria. Like, I actually Googled the literal, you know, uh, the verbiage, and I was reading it all, and it says clearly that, you know, Winning a conference championship uh, is one of the big factors, and that's something Utah can do and Alabama can't. And with Oregon out, I mean, I think it's, you know, assuming, you know, LSU beats Georgia, and we shouldn't assume anything like that, but I I, I like LSU to beat Georgia, and and I don't see uh, the other two teams, uh, obviously Clemson, Although Virginia, I would love to get Virginia Tech at about plus twenty eight against Clemson, um, <laughs> ACS wise. But um, yeah, yeah, I don't see the other teams struggling, so I really think it's it's Utah, Alabama, and Oklahoma, and both of those teams. I guess you could say Baylor, Minnesota as well. But you know, they could add a conference championship. So I don't think Utah is out of it. And you look at um, their win; every one of their wins, except for one. Or so nine of the ten, uh, I wrote this, I believe it's about 18 points or more. So, I mean, wow. I know they haven't played the toughest schedule, but kind of like Alabama, they've you know, blown everybody out. So, um, I think Utah is still in the mix, but it didn't help them, Morgan. That is, uh, one again, there's still variables coming this weekend and with the championship games. Uh, next week, we've already talked some on the podcast before you've come on about Ohio State sliding in to that one spot. So that, that's going to factor in actually to your one of your underdogs uh, here that you're taking uh, on this. But just as a general comment, 
it, this committee will change things, Brian. They they have in the past. They will slide teams in, and even without losing, they will slide them out at the very end of the season. I don't believe that Ohio State, LSU, or Clemson uh, is going to slide out. No, none of them are going to slide out if they're undefeated, obviously. I don't believe LSU slides out with a loss. I don't believe that Ohio State slides out with a loss. Do you agree with that? I think I think those three are probably in if they get to championship uh, Saturday, LSU and Ohio State, those two, if they are undefeated, I don't think they're sliding out with a loss. I think they're both in. I agree, and then it would just be Clemson and Georgia with them, right? I mean, I don't, I don't know. You know, if Georgia beats LSU, obviously they're in. So, um, yeah. Or Minnesota, Minnesota have any argument with a win over Wisconsin and then a win over Ohio State to maybe be there instead of Georgia? I know we're in the South. You're not buying that? You're not feeling that? Mm, Probably not. I Nah, I just don't think so. I mean, and, and look, but, you know, the committee has to make their decisions based on, you know, what their, you know, verbiage and their rules are, whereas, you know, like when I was just talking about Utah and Alabama a minute ago, I mean, would I make Alabama a favorite over Utah? Of course I would. and probably make them a double-digit favorite, but that's not the criteria for the committee, and so that's why I think Utah's got a shot there. There you go. All right, so let's get into the underdogs and what you think for this week, and let's begin with the game that is at the big house. I am very tempted with Michigan, and you, you beyond tempted, you are going – uh, full bore here. Jim Harbaugh, Michigan, to finally get a win in this series against the Buckeyes. Why do you like them and the nine points in this showdown with Ohio State? I just think they've played lights out since they fell down twenty-one to nothing in Happy Valley. Uh, they rallied. Uh, they ended up. If you got it at seven and a half, they ended up covering that game. They were deep in the red zone, down by seven. You know, they almost rallied and forced overtime. And since then, they've won four games in a row. They've won by margins of 31, 31, 34, and 25. And Shea Patterson has played the best football of his career during this four-game winning streak, a 12-1 to TDINT ratio. Now, I know Ohio State has been blasting everybody this year, but this is a big step up in competition. Now, I know Wisconsin, obviously – beat Michigan but that was and beat them handily but that was at Camp Randall and Ohio State beat Wisconsin handily but that was at the shoe and Ohio State is going to the big house here I know I know they've you know look this rivalry has been all Ohio State for whatever it is 14 out of 15 or or whatever it is I'm not even sure but it is at Michigan this is the only the second time Harbaugh's been a home underdog uh the first time he covered uh, they lost by 11 and were catching like 12 to Ohio State, so that's, that's not a whole lot. But I just like how Michigan's playing, and I'm not going to call for the outright upset, but I like Michigan. As long as they're getting more than a touchdown, I like the Wolverines' chances at home. And if the number drip, you know, because we're, we're doing this, you know, Wednesday night and people be listening Thursday, if you get to Friday or Saturday and the line's up to 9.5, buy that half point to the key number of 10. About that. Um, again, seven straight wins in the series for the Buckeyes. And uh, they are obviously uh, the team that the they're the standard in the Big Ten. Uh, OK, I'll ask you kind of the same thing uh, that I have asked others here over the last couple of weeks. 
that clearly here uh, for Harbaugh, this could be a defining game, Brian Edwards, because if he's able to beat number one, even at home, if he's able to beat number one, they'll be talking about that a few years from now, that you, you derailed their unbeaten season, you beat them at number one. Likewise, if you lose to them, and you lose to them convincingly, I think the calls and the cries will be even louder that the the guy not only can't beat Ohio State, but we've rarely beaten our rivals. He did beat Notre Dame this year. He did beat Michigan State this year. But he could help himself a lot with a great performance with the Wolverines, Jim Harbaugh. Absolutely. And I think if he gets this W, it'll give him more of a, a, a a hunger and a thirst to go get more W's on him, and I think he's more likely to stick around. Now, I, I, you know, you probably know more about it more than me, TJ. I, mean, I have no idea what the interest level is with NFL teams in him. I would guess that it's probably still, you know, I, I would guess he probably still have some interest. Um, but if he gets this W, the way they've finished, that momentum, I don't think he'll be leaving. If he loses, I think we got a lot of question marks, and we'll, you know, who knows. Well, and again, the NFL experience with the 49ers was really good at the beginning, and then it soured as things went on uh, in San Francisco, led him to Michigan. So we'll see how it goes there. All right, so that's one underdog. You like the Wolverines, as does the host here on Three Dog Thursday. Brian Edwards, where do you want to go for your second underdog? Let's go to Stillwater, where Mike Gundy has been a home underdog six times since 2015. And he is five and one, both straight up and against the spread in those six home dog spots, uh, covering five with outright wins, and, and just had the one non-cover at home this year. The Cowboys are four and one, both straight up and against the spread. On the flip side, Oklahoma is one and three against the spread in four road assignments. Uh, Mike Gundy's team has won four games in a row. They're three zero and one against the spread uh, during that stretch. Uh, depending on what the line you got, uh, you know I know it was at six and a half part of the week, but uh, closed at seven, and, and they went at West Virginia last week. Obviously, they lost Spencer Sanders, but you know Drew Brown started a lot of football games out at Hawaii for two years. Uh, he had a couple of touchdown passes last week without an interception. And look, they're they're just going to try to you know chuba 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 Hubbard. Mm, uh, they're, yep. they're just going to pound the ball with him and Oklahoma's defense is a lot better this year, but I still don't think, you know, it's not a, a still, it's still an elite defense and I love Gundy's play calling. Uh, the pokies have been double digit underdogs only once this year and they went into Ames and won 34, 27 outright at Iowa state as 11 and a half point dog. Um, Oklahoma has failed to cover the number in four straight. They're mired in a one and six against the spread slump. They've won three in a row, but only by eight combined points. They've played three straight nail biters, and that was since you know uh, losing to K State. So I'm gonna go with Oak State plus the 13. Well, and we touched on uh, different scenarios involving different conferences. Obviously, for Oklahoma and Baylor, the next loss on the High Wire Act is death uh, for the college football playoff, even if you win the conference championship here. So under your scenario, you're thinking that the, that the Pokes can hang in, if not win, uh, with Oklahoma, who's lived so dangerously, Brian. I know you know this. They, they almost gave away the lead to TCU at home. They did virtually give away the lead to Iowa State before that. They were behind 28-3 to to Baylor. It may finally catch up with them in the Bedlam rivalry. And again, Gundy has pulled the upset before directly against Oklahoma in this game to cost the Sooners as well, right? One more time. 
Yeah, oh, yeah. And, I mean, you know, I I forgot uh, I'm not on my page right now. But, I mean, he was like a 20 or 21-point underdog three or four years ago and uh, went for two at the end of the game and did not get it but nearly pulled right. the out upset. Or it looks like um, that might have been 14 when they were a 21-point dog. And uh, – Wait, well, and they that. had and they had the other game in the last couple of years when they both were in the fifties in points scored too. Uh, so, I mean, there, there's been some interesting stuff in this rivalry. But I I hear what you're saying. You can't just rubber stamp here that Oklahoma is going to roll, especially when they've been letting the other team come back on them as they did in, in both the TCU and uh, the Iowa State games at home. They let the comeback happen in both of those games. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. I was thinking about last year. Yeah, Oklahoma beat Oklahoma State 48 to 47 last year, but that's a 21 point favorite. And I'm pretty sure that was when Gundy went for two at the end. Which, when you're a 21 point dog on the road, why not? But uh, yep, yeah, 48, so. 48, 47 last year, yep. and two years ago, 63 to 52, uh, with Baker Mayfield slinging all those touchdowns. We'll see what the Bedlam game will have in this one. Hey, a follow up question here. If Oklahoma gets to the final game uh, unbeaten, if Baylor gets to the championship game, the rematch unbeaten, what kind of case does the Big 12 winner have uh, with only one loss to win that championship game to be one of the four teams? Gauge it for me, Brian. You know, it just kind of depends on on every, you know, like if Oklahoma or Baylor were to blow – you know, one of the other out, you know, you kind of think about Ohio, what Ohio State did at Wisconsin, whatever that was, like four years ago with Cardale, four or five years ago with Cardale, um, you know, they beat them 59 nothing. You know, you make a statement like that, that can, and if Alabama makes that kind of statement against Auburn, you know, or if Utah makes that kind of statement against Oregon, it just kind of depends. We, you know, we just got to let it play out. But I, I mean, I, I think most likely the Big 12 is going to be on the outside looking in, especially with Oklahoma collecting zero style points this last month. Good point on that. And uh, the three names that are going to cost Baylor, if it is going to come down to them missing out, uh, Stephen F. Austin, UTSA, and Rice. That's their out-of-conference schedule. Matt Rule didn't play somebody better than that, and that may be used against them even if they're 12-1 and in Big 12 champions. They are not Alabama. They are not Ohio State, much less somebody like USC, the brand names, Penn State, Texas, Florida. They can get away with that with not having a good enough out-of-conference schedule. All right, so there's the college football. Again, Brian Edwards, MajorWager.com. Love his insight. Where do you want to go for an NFL underdog here as part of Thanksgiving? we got three games on Thanksgiving Day, and then we got a bevy of games, including, and once again, a couple of great primetime games with the Patriots, Texans, and the Vikings and the Seahawks Sunday night. What do you like, Brian? Well, let's go to the Bills-Dallas, and let me forewarn you now that that uh, Detroit game is going to put you to sleep with a nap after lunch. <laughs> so you got to make sure you put your bet in early because your nap might you might oversleep kickoff for Dallas <laughs> and Buffalo. Um, right now, most folks are at six and a half or seven for Dallas. I like Buffalo. Um, you look Buffalo on the road this year. Five road assignments. They're four and one straight up. Four zero oh and one against the spread. Um, they've been underdogs four times this year. And they are 3-0-1 against the spread with two outright victories. 
Uh, Josh Allen playing the best football of his career in the last seven games, 12 to 2 TDI and T ratio, and we know he can beat you with his, his legs. And I mean, he can run linebackers over sometimes. Um, the Bills are five and two uh, in those last seven games where Allen's had a 12 to 2 TDI and T ratio. And the Bills defense, one of the best in the league. They're third in the NFL in total defense, third in pass defense, and third in scoring defense. They only give up 15.7 points per game. And Dallas has lost five of its last eight. And during that stretch, Dak has thrown eight interceptions. I like Buffalo. Uh, if you're number six and a half, buy the half point to the key number of seven. And, again, make sure you get this bet in before your, uh, your nap post-Thanksgiving uh, lunch. Well, and we talked earlier before you came on the podcast with my colleague Jay Betzel, the famous Jay, who's in uh, Dallas-Fort Worth. And there's so much circulating right now about Jason Garrett. So I will put the question to you. They made the playoffs a year ago. They won a playoff game. I know Jerry Jones is putting it out there as Super Bowl or else. That, that To me, that's not that realistic. But if on the flip side, if the Bills whack them, let's say beat them decisively by a couple of touchdowns, is Jason Garrett on the long weekend now and then the following week, is he in jeopardy of being fired after this game from what you've been hearing Jerry Jones say through the media the last few days after the Patriots lost? What do you think, Brian? Well, he does seem to like he's in a foul mood here the last few days, but I know he said so many times how he, he doesn't like to do it in season. But, I mean, it wouldn't shock me, but he, he even though he's been pissed this week, you know, he usually, I think it was as recently as a week ago, he said, I, I will not under any circumstances make the change. <laughs> this but who knows? But you whenever know. you hear that, the first thing you think is, okay, they're firing him. Uh, right. And you're right. The only other time he's done it since he's owned the team during the season is when he fired Wade Phillips and installed Jason Garrett, the offensive coordinator, as the head coach. And they've enjoyed a lot of success relative to the regular season and getting into the playoffs some and winning a game uh, here and there. I believe, I hate to go against you, but I am, I believe they could roll in this game. They will respond, and Buffalo and Allen might make some mistakes, and Ezekiel Elliott running well. Let's see if they do respond, or maybe they're off the off the rails completely here, and Garrett is on the verge of being bye-bye. Uh, we will find out. We will find out on Thanksgiving Day. Hey, uh, we thought we had some great matchups, as I alluded to earlier here on Three Dog Thursday, last week with... Uh, games like the Packers against the 49ers or the Monday night game with the Ravens and the Rams. We didn't get a good game out of either one of those in the primetime. We're hoping Patriots, Texans, and then the Monday night game, Vikings, and the Seahawks that will end the weekend, that they will live up to some of the hype and give us a little better football to close out Thanksgiving weekend. Yeah, and uh, I, I hope we get that because uh, it might not be with the Ravens, man. They are clicking on all cylinders, and they might just be – now, the Rams are struggling now. I shouldn't give them too much credit on that. But they're, they're, they're blasting everybody. Hell, they blasted the Patriots. So, um, yeah, hopefully we'll have some better games, but don't count on it when the Ravens are playing because they look in great dominant oh. form right now. You know, barring injuries or just uh, another one of Belichick's masterful game plans, um, they look Super Bowl bound to me, but you know, there's a lot of injuries and whatnot between now and then. Yeah, and the and the Ravens lost their center uh, from the other night uh, to an injury. So, but Lamar Jackson looks fantastic with kind of nondescript Ooh. weapons. I mean, who who do they have that's Pro Bowl big time receiver, and yet he's slinging it to all of them and running around. 
It, it has been wild to watch him mature and develop uh, on warp speed right now in the NFL with the Ravens. We'll see if it continues. We do know that we want Brian Edwards' underdog success to continue. He's been rolling along three for three a week ago. He's going Michigan, he's going Oklahoma State, and he's going the Bills on Thanksgiving Day with the Cowboys. So you may be listening later in the weekend and know how good that Bills pick was or was not. I know Chris Giannini of the Winning Cures Everything podcast also had the Bills earlier, so you may already know on that one. My friend, enjoy Thanksgiving. Be safe on the travels. Uh, Let's see what happens with these games. Good luck with the underdogs. And by this time next week, we will have all the matchups for Championship Saturday set. We uh, We will know who has a loss, who still undefeated you know etc etc going to get really good with the college football after this weekend as well thank you brian edwards happy thanksgiving brother happy thanksgiving tj thanks a bunch for having me and uh look forward to talking to you next week my man